Mine's good. Life's good! Got real close. Got hair high, right? Trying to hit two thirds. Have they saved it for her? Yes, they have! Welcome to Game of Stones, everybody. I am Sean Graham. Scott is alongside, as always. Hi, Scott. Sean, hi. It's really great to be here. It's a new space for us. Yeah, first time we are at the University of Ottawa, where I am somewhat employed, kind of. Uh, as a member of the history department here. So we're in the uh, part-time professor office, which, what do you think? This is where I work a lot. Yeah, it's pretty Spartan, Sean. <laughs> I, I, I admire your capability to work in, uh, in a space with such white walls. It's very white walls. There's no window in here. But I will say it's, it's, I don't know if it's better or worse, actually, than the other office I used to have. Also didn't have windows. I like the desk a bit more, though. You were facing the door. I don't like not facing the door for some reason. Uh, and the computer that is in here, I didn't have a computer in the other office, but that one, it takes a really long time to load and the mouse doesn't work well. But anyway, uh, we're here at the University of Ottawa. Good recording space, anyhow. Yeah, it's a nice space. It's quiet, especially now, because I think exams are still going on. I don't know. I didn't teach this semester. Mm -hmm. uh, but nobody's really around campus today, so it's nice and quiet here. To talk about curling, because believe it or not, Scott, uh, after a lot of research and a lot of, of breaking it down, interviews with people, I have learned that the season is not over yet. Sean, that is breaking news. We should put in a breaking news alert. <laughs> yes. But you're right. The season is not over yet. We're getting close. We're getting there, but we've got a few more events on the go. Yeah, so let's start with the final Grand Slam event of the year. This is going on in Calgary. It is the Humpty's Champions Cup, and this is an event that is relatively new on the schedule. I think it's only been played three or four times. And, and what's cool about this event, to me at least, is you get some different teams. Right? The qualification process is a little different. In this, uh, traditionally, you would have a, an Asian team mm -hmm. there. Uh, I haven't seen an Asian team, though, on the, the men's listings, at least. Uh, the World Junior team gets to go. So you get some different teams there than, mm -hmm. than what you normally see. Uh, so it, it's kind of cool in that regard. And it also feels like an event that is truly a wrap-up event. Yeah, yeah. It brings sort of together all the champions of the past season. And like you say, it doesn't feel like just another tour event where you see the same teams playing the same matchups all the time. So, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what it will be like. Yeah, and what's cool to me, too, is that no one really takes this event. I mean, they take it seriously, but they don't really take it seriously. It's sort of, it's for them a fun wrap-up. Let's get out of here. It's warm outside. <laughs> Although I don't know what the weather is in Calgary this week. But, yeah, so there, there's some different teams. Um, some of the photos are kind of interesting. The, the first team that we have up here is uh, Team Balderston uh, playing with Carson Sturmey at third. We've seen a lot of Carson Sturmey this year at winning the CIS championship, final of the Alberta Provincials, mm -hmm. playing in the mixed doubles nationals. Uh, but the photo that they have up for this team, it almost looks like Carson Sturmey has been taken hostage by the other three members of the team and doesn't really know how to react to it. He's sort of smiling, but uh, has a bit of a look in his eye. Yeah, it's uh. it's very strange. But as you go down looking at it, and in terms of how relaxed this event is, you can see it based on the rosters too, right? Yeah. Brendan Botcher's not playing in this. They got Mick Lismore to be playing uh, on on that team. 
John Morris is playing with Reed Carruthers. Now that's because of the injury. Yeah, Braden Muscawi had some surgery done on his foot, I believe. Uh, ankle. Team Eden is playing, but they're full in. Uh, Colton Flash is playing, but with Dallin, Dallin Myers at the lead position there. So that's a, a change for them. Uh, Jason Gunlison is playing with Matt Dunstone at second. Hmm. It'll be interesting to to see how that works with Matt Dunstone and Jason Gunlison. Talk about Hulk smash. I mean, <laughs> these these guys could throw... They, they could probably play their game in 15 minutes if all they threw was three-second shots, yeah. which they're capable of throwing. They're both very capable Three-second right. shots. Gushu's there in the full team. Howard's there with the team as constructed this season. And Jacobs is there. Kevin Cooey is there. Mike McEwen is there. Last event for this team. Yeah. Uh, as constructed. Uh, Bruce Mowat is there. Greg Persinger as the American champions. Mark Fister. Tyler Tardy. So that's the men's field uh, as constructed. What I love about this, too, is that they list how they got in. Yes. And the funniest one to me is Kevin Cooey got in by winning the Ashley Home Store Curling Classic. Ah, that's how we won, eh? Yeah, it's so, you know, the fact that they were the Olympic <laughs> team is completely irrelevant to this event. Yes. They won the Ashley Home Store Curling event. Like, they, well, that's that uh, World Curling Tour uh, flexing their muscle here. You know? That's right, yeah. So out of these, I mean, it's hard to tell who's going to win, who's going to do well. Cooey won the last one. Yep. So I don't know. Do you have any expectations for this event? Uh, to be honest, not really. The The teams that we saw at the World Championships, you would have to f- think might be, you know, coming in a little tired, dragging their feet. However, we saw Nicodine, you know, come in the week after and get to the, the semifinal or the final even of that uh, that event against Team Cooey. Yeah, played really well that week. And, and so you never know. And, and everyone's had a couple weeks off. I mean, even the, the world, I think there's only, what, the two World Championship teams there, though between Gushu and, and Eden. Um, oh, Bruce Mode, of course, Mode. was there. Yeah. Uh, and was Mark Fister there? I can't, I can't remember. But mm, I believe so, yeah. So, but it's not like it's a full re- <laughs> rehash of the World Championship. No, no, exactly. And like you say, with, uh, with these junior teams being there, uh, some of the other teams that we don't uh, see all the time on tour, It'll be it'll be pretty cool to see some different matchups anyway. Yeah, so on the women's side, we have Chelsea Carey, full team. Uh, Janice DeYoung there, if I'm saying that right. I hope I am. Uh, the uh, Einerson team playing together for the final time. They had a pretty good week uh, last week, a couple weeks ago there. They did, uh, yeah. So, you know, we'll see. Uh, Benia Felcher is there as well. She had a She posted on Twitter she was at a beach. Uh, somewhere and in, in between the two events uh-huh. uh, she posted a Twitter uh, photo of her putting her feet up and relaxing <laughs> with a with a drink well earned well earned yeah uh, team Fujisawa is there without Fujisawa right because she's playing in the mixed doubles right now yeah so she's not uh-huh. there Anna Hasselberg is there and Rachel Holman is there full team there Jennifer Jones final event for Jill Officer yep uh, fi- so final event for that team uh, Caitlin Jones is there, World Junior Champions. World Junior Champs, yep. Kristen, I don't, I don't know how to say her last name. How oh. would you say that last name, Scott? Uh, McDiarmid. There you go. Uh, this McDiarmid, is mid. Sorry. This is a team that I am not familiar with. 
at all. Uh, are you familiar with this squad? Well, how did they qualify, Sean? They qualified by winning the Royal LePage Royal LePage OVCA Women's Fall Classic. So they're local to us, yeah. I assume, if they were in an OVCA event. Yeah. So uh, looking at the photos, no, I don't know, but uh, you know, we'll see what happens. This is again what's fun about this event. Right? Yeah, and again, a team just if we were to judge superficially by the photos, a younger team. Yeah, I would say. Uh, Eve Muirhead is here, uh, the European champion. Alina Pats, her final event with this team. That's right. Uh, as, as a skip. James and Claire as the American champion. Val Sweeting, last event for them mm-hmm. as a squad. And then Silvana Tiranzoni as the champion of the Stu Cells, Oakville oh, Tanker. Oakville Tanker. Right Actually, on. that's a pretty big event. Yeah, it is. And, and that'll be their last event as a team, too. Yes. As, uh, they've announced some lineup changes. So... Yeah, overall, this is looking like a pretty fun, different yes. field. Yeah, and I think what I'm curious to see is this is the first event now since Rachel Holman's team announced that they're going to be playing together. Yep. Who knows if that'll actually affect the play? Probably not. Probably not. Um, I'm sure I'm sure they had discussions before announcing. So. Yeah, and I don't know either, too. The, there's always the, the final cup winner, whatever they call it, for the most points throughout the season. Which is worth a pot of money. Yeah, that's as right. Well. Seventy five thousand. Yeah, about seventy five thousand dollars, I think. So, you know, that's always a factor in these events and, and a chance to get a bunch of money at the end of the season is is always positive. And you know, I don't believe in the idea of momentum through off seasons, that kind of things, especially when there's so many changes mm-hmm. going through. But here is an event that could be important for the Canadian teams. Because the more points you get now, even if you're breaking up as a team, you get to take points with you from your team. And the Canada Cup teams are going to be determined in November. Based on this season's points? Based off of <laughs> the points, yeah. So okay. not just this season. I think next season will have more impact on it. But the fact that you can take points with you, if you can accumulate some points right now that could help in that regard. And again, the the press release that Curling Canada sent was a little vague in terms of what points they'll count. But if they count in that Canada Cup, you know, sure, this year it's not going to be as big of a deal because the winner only gets a guaranteed spot into the pre-trials, mm-hmm. whereas the two after it are into the trials themselves. It's still something. But it's also rep, uh, choosing one of the Continental Cup teams is the Canada Cup winner. So chance to, you know, get some experience uh, against some international competition. And, and some more money. And a little bit more more prize money, too. Absolutely. So it'll be fun to see. Do you have any teams that uh, stick out to you as, as teams that, that could do well? <coughs> or, I mean, all of these teams could do well. Yes, they all could do well. Um, you never know. With the lineup changes... As well, it looks like Val Sweeting has a different lead for this event and, and other things. So with the lineup changes, I don't know who's going to do well, who's not going to do well. And in a situation where it's the last event of the year, you never really know no, that's who true. cares, who doesn't care. I'm going to go, though, with Jamie Sinclair okay. to go back-to-back uh, on the back to on back. the World Curling Tour. And because why not? Because uh, why not? Why, she's hot, on a roll. Why not? Cool, cool. Uh, well, I'm gonna pick Rachel Holman's team because okay. uh, I want to see them end the year on a high note. After they went you 0 know, and 5, they had a, at the a, last a event. real tough last event. They had a tough Olympics. You know, uh, everything except the trials for them this year has been tough. 
Like they weren't great through the fall. Yeah. They had an amazing week in Ottawa. Yeah. And yeah. they had a tough time at the Continental Cup. They had a tough time at the the Grand Slam after the Continental Cup, the Olympics we've talked about. Yep. Uh, and since the Olympics, uh, I think it was only that one event. And they went 0-5. Yeah, so we'll see if they can uh, rebound. I'm I'm picking them to rebound because, uh, because, like you say, why not? Why not? And on the men's side? The men's side, you know, I, I'm going to look for Team Kui to, to close it out with another big win. So another back-to-back pick. Another back-to-back, but, yeah. But, uh, yeah, to, you know, send uh, Mark off into his uh, <laughs> stepping away from the game uh, on, a, on a positive winning note. Okay, I'm going to go with... Bruce Mowat. Yeah, that's what I was thinking you were going to say. To win, uh, because this is a team, young team. Events like this really matter. My alternate would be Jason Gunlifson. Really? And to just throw it as hard as you can and win. like Sort of like in uh, in Men with Brooms, where you just blow the stone. Blow the then stone. Then it ends up, up <laughs> on, the, uh, on, the, on the button. But that's the last big event of the season. Uh, similarly, we have... I don't know if it's considered two events or three events or just one big event currently going on in Sweden. Yeah. Have you watched? So let's start with the mixed doubles. Have you t- watched any of the mixed doubles? I've watched highlights of the mixed doubles. Um, I've been <laughs> starting a new job, so I'm trying to figure it all out. And and it's uh, it's been pretty fun, though. Uh, there's been some interesting results that we've seen, some teams that uh, we're not used to winning, uh, Team Guyana, Guyana there that we talked about in our last show. They won a couple games. Mm-hmm. and Three. They've uh, won three games. Three They're, games. As we're recording this, they are three and three. And and Team Hong Kong uh, won a couple games that we've seen. And and so the the results at the top of the tables are not that surprising. You know, Switzerland's doing really well. Canada's doing really well. Uh, U.S. are doing quite well. So, you know, the the tops is, is not where you're seeing that those surprising results, but it's more towards the middle. And with 16 of these uh, teams making the playoffs, I believe there's 40 teams in total there, and 16 are making the playoffs. So we're starting to see the playoff picture come into focus a bit more. Yeah, I, I mean, there are some surprises. Estonia is 6-0. and That's not something you would have guessed. But like you say... You know, Kazakhstan won a couple games. Lithuania's won three games as we record this. Mm-hmm. You know, Luxembourg won a game. Belarus won three games uh, as we're recording this. And really, it's it's pretty cool to see. The Guyana one is probably the biggest surprise. Yeah, I would I would suggest uh, the Brazilian team has won a couple games, which is fun. Yeah, they uh, picked to, up there. See them. Um, so. It's it's fun. It's 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 really cool to see, and um, I've watched a couple games. The Canadians have been on the YouTube channel, the yep. the World Curling YouTube channel, and TSN just announced that they are going to pick up the rest of the tournament. Uh, the Canadian games in the playoffs. Yeah. They're going to be showing the gold medal game. They started that this morning or yesterday morning. Ah, uh, yesterday. So yes. I watched the game against. I can't remember who they were playing. They were up big uh, in that game, and. They went on to win. I must. I might have been Austria that they were, had a big lead by the time I turned it on. Okay. And uh, but it seems like Kirk Myers and Laura Crocker really got it going again. Yeah, they're they've been talking about uh, communicating, keep talking to each other. Uh, there was one game. I uh, there was a game they were down at the break and and just didn't let the other team score the rest of the way. So yeah. it, it was it was nice to see that they can. 
adapt and not let stuff get them down. And, and I think it's been uh, pretty great. Uh, Laura Crocker has been on Twitter a few times saying, Hey, uh, there's nothing on TV here. So like, let's, let's Twitter. <laughs> and the engagement has been pretty good. Uh, like, our, our friend at Twine Time, uh, Twine Time blog there, he tweeted out about how is this not good for for the sport and developing the sport? Uh, and I have to agree. I mean, seeing countries that you never see at World Championships, not only participating but getting wins, this this is a, a good model for what Curling Canada is trying to do with the territories. You know, if right. you if you get them to come to the show, <laughs> be there, and give them the opportunity then you might have a chance for them in the future to, to get some wins. And we're seeing it here in the, in the world stage with mixed doubles. Yeah, now the pushback to that, though, is if the people who are representing these countries are just Canadians who have lineage uh, or even citizenship in these other countries but live here and are going and representing those countries and then the people in those countries aren't really paying attention at all, like that—that's the pushback, right? Like, does yeah, are you yeah. actually growing the game if you have people who are living in Canada representing their home countries or, or their countries of birth or where their parents were born, whatever it is? Does that actually grow the sport in that country? Is is the question? Well, the argument is, could it hurt? Does it hurt the growth of the sport in that country? No, I don't think it hurts at all. Right. But I, I, I would caution against the idea that it's really growing it as well. You know, like we saw this with the Brazilian team that was at the Continental Cup. Only yeah. one of them lives in Brazil. Yeah. Because they're all Brazilian, but only one of them. And actually the one who lives in Brazil was born in Canada. Uh, and then <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Right. So, so does that actually grow the sport in Brazil is the question. And... In talking to the Brazilian team at the Continental Cup, they're trying, right? They're trying to to get awareness and, and trying to get people to support the program. And it's a, a hard effort and it takes a lot of work. And that's why I think we can't just look at Guyana winning games at this and say, well, the sport has arrived in Guyana. Right? No, of like, course not. But if you, if you then think maybe there is a newspaper headline... This is very uh, old world thinking newspapers, yeah. but maybe there's a headline uh, on on a website that says Guyana curling team wins, and some youngster is browsing the internet and says Guyana, whoa, and clicks, and they say, wow, that's my country. I ah, oh, that's cool that we have this thing, and then you get interested, and right, and you know it. it doesn't need to be uh, a million people curling in all of these no. countries, but. You know, they got to start somewhere, and yeah. I think it's a good start. Yeah, a long-term project, though. Oh, big time. Yeah, yeah, we're not, uh, just like we're not proclaiming Canadian curling dead <laughs> on the international stage, <laughs> right. it, we're not proclaiming that it's arrived in any other country uh, just yet. Right, so that's what's going on there. I, I would still think that the Canadians, uh, they've given me no reason to not think they're going to do well. Uh, as we record this, they haven't played the Korean team yet, who yeah. is also 6-0 and in that pool. That'll be a fun game. Yeah, to, that's uh, the last game of the round robin. To uh, watch. I don't know what time it is. Hopefully it's not in the middle of the night here. Um, hopefully it's not like a morning draw in Sweden, right? Um, mm. No, it'll be... It's an afternoon draw on, on Thursday, I think. Okay, so maybe get up and watch it tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, so good for them and and hopefully that they continue to do well i just like watching it it's fun to watch it's really fun to watch it goes by really fast yep. uh it's easy to digest so i 
yeah, I'm all in. Yeah, and Kim Tuck on the call. I'd never heard Kim Tuck. So do it's Kim, Kim Tuck on the World TV Curling. World yeah, Curling I mean, TV? based on the tweets I've been seeing, okay. and, and the the broadcasts, uh, I'm pretty sure the the play by play guy said Kim. So okay, um, she's done a great job. Yeah, she's great. I I was trying to find out who it was when I was watching uh, some of the stuff back. Uh, yeah, and I don't know what she does for a living. I don't know if she's in broadcasting like as a career, but she's very very smooth, very informative. Doesn't talk over the players all that. Like yeah. she lets the, she lets, it's it's like she's been doing it for a long time. Yeah, yeah, no, it's been the the production is great to be honest. It's great. Yeah. So that event is going on similarly, also in Sweden, same place, same time. We have the seniors event going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a larger than a normal world championship, but not as large as the mixed doubles. Yeah, there's still groups, and we've got three groups here instead of what we would see. We're seeing now at the Canadian Championships with two groups. So three groups of seven, is that right? Yes. Yeah. So you got 21 teams in total at this event. On the men's side, Team Canada is qualified for the playoffs at 4-1 and one with Brian Cochran <coughs> excuse me, and his team. On the women's side, Sherry Anderson also qualified for the playoffs at 5-1. and one. Yeah, and, and it's sort of what you would expect, a little bit true to form with the teams that have qualified for the playoffs so far. An exception might be the men's team from Australia. Am I reading that right? This 5-0, uh, and oh, yeah. Yeah, 5-0, and oh, that's, uh, that's something. Right, but that could be, let's take a quick look at who that could be. Yes, uh, let's, because I know some people from Australia that, uh, that curl, so, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, it's always interesting to, uh, to see these kind of, uh, fun stories, right? So it's, uh, yeah. Okay. It's Hugh Milliken. So of course it's Hugh Milliken. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, and like, it's, uh, and it's Jeff. So Jeff is the third. I curled with him in Victoria. He was my, uh, okay. my skip in the super league there. So. Yeah, I mean, uh, but that's pretty good for them still on a world stage. To yeah, but I mean, out. Hugh played in a whole bunch of events. Yeah, as Australia, like yeah. so he's not. It's not like it's not a new team, obviously. No, I mean, but, we've uh, seen them before. But uh, five and zero is a little bit surprising, wouldn't that's you say? Very good. It's a very impressive record. So it's very good. Uh, yeah. We're happy for them. Uh, and and you know, as far as handicapping the seniors' field, you always have to take Canada to be a big favorite. Yeah. But when it comes down to it, it's kind of fun to see uh, to see these other teams. Yeah, absolutely, and and it's a, a cool field. And speaking of which, you know who's playing in this event? The queen of Swedish curling, Annette Norberg. Ah, Annette is Norberg. Back yes, I heard of playing that. in this event. Uh, the first event back, she she said that she was. This is only her second event or second or third event with this team that she's playing with. Ah. So it's a really new team uh, in the story that. Uh, they wrote about her for the World Curling Federation. She said that this team used new techniques. So she's having to, and she's old school. So they, uh. so, so trying to meld this two together has been really interesting. But she, she's in this. It's a really interesting article, and I would recommend it to everybody because she says that when she left the sport after the last Olympics in 2014, she thought she could just leave and not play anymore. And she says in the article that she couldn't find anything that she had as much fun doing. So even if it wasn't necessarily as competitive as what she used to be doing, obviously this is a world championship, so a very high level of curling, but just going out and playing and having fun, uh, that that level of enjoyment was always there for her, Hmm. which is kind of cool 
uh, and it's great to see her back. Yeah, and that's sort of a, the Sherry Anderson attitude, you know, that we heard uh, when you talked to her anyway, was what else am I going to do, right? Why uh, would I stop? I have fun. I, I like it. I have fun playing. Why would I stop? I can do it still. So, sure. Yeah, like there's there's certain things that you can't do your whole life, right? Like I've mm-hmm. pretty much given up on the idea of being able to even play pickup basketball anymore. Really, like, Sean? Oh, it's breaking I, yeah, news. I know, but... You know, curling is one of these things that you can just do forever. I mean, there's a physical element to it. There's a physicality. Mm -hmm. And if you can't get in the hack, there's the stick. Yeah, now we got a stick, so you can throw with the stick. Yeah, like when I was in Regina, there was a guy in his mid-80s who was playing, getting in the hack, and then... It, it was it was incredible. He he wore shoes. He almost wore they were almost like loafers, right? And mm-hmm. I don't know how he didn't <laughs> fall down all the time because there was no grip on them at all. But he would play in them and he was fine. And he played. And then in the summer one year, I did, there was an email that he had died. But two and a half months earlier, he was out there playing. Wow! Like it was it was one of these things that you can just do forever. Yeah, yeah, and and you know what? Uh, these senior championships, pretty great. Uh, I'm I'm into it. I know the World Seniors is a relatively new thing. We've had national yeah. seniors for a while, but uh, but on the world stage, you know, it's great. Great to see participation from all over the world. Yeah, and especially when you can combine it like with what is going on with the mixed doubles too, right? It's, yeah, you, you have a larger community of it. Mm-hmm. You can watch the games between each other. And, and I really like that this model is taking hold. The Canadian Curling Association, or Curling Canada, has announced that next year they are going to do the same thing they did this year with the mixed doubles and the University College Championships uh, out east, I believe Fredericton uh, this time. Oh. They announced, uh, I apologize if it's not Fredericton, I know it's out east though, uh, or Down East. Down East. Excuse me. Um, I, that they're going to do it. And I, I like the idea of combining it all together. It just makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. It makes a lot of sense, especially for events that you're not going to get a big gate for yeah. the way that you would a Briar or a Scotty. So uh, it seemed to work this year with the the wheelchair championships, the university and the mixed doubles, as you said. So, yeah, why not? Yeah, and there's no need to make ice three times for three different events and do all these different things. Find mm-hmm. vo- find volunteers at three different places across the country. You can just combine it into a big event. It makes a whole heck of a lot of sense. And uh, so it's it's great to see the World Curling Federation do this. And also even just for the players themselves, mm-hmm. right? You, there's been some photos, especially during the opening ceremonies. There was a, a cool photo of all of the Canadians. Uh, underneath they're hanging out together because they had I think the opening ceremonies for the seniors and for the mixed doubles all together and they were all there right so there was one big sort of selfie Jeff Stoughton is there as mm-hmm. the, the coach and the Cochrane team and the, the Anderson team is there and they're all sort of piled in there together so it creates a t- real team atmosphere which I think is great maybe more so for the mixed doubles players uh, to have more people around but for the seniors players as well you get this really cool atmosphere a lot of countries represented and and it just makes it you know Vic talks Vic talks all the time about the community aspect of sport and how great the people are and why not have this big event end of the season everyone's there very celebratory seems like a can't miss yeah and and all the banquets and things are all taking place together too so you get more athletes in the room together you get a bit more of an atmosphere and uh, uh, yeah, it's a really great idea. Yeah, and you talk about growing the sport too. 
if you look at some of these senior teams who were there, those, some of those mixed doubles players, if they have the opportunity to talk to them. Yeah, so if someone, learn. like the Guyana team, for instance, uh, or the Israeli team, or whoever else, like countries that are more new to the sport, they could hopefully have the chance to go talk to Sherry Anderson or go talk to Hugh Milliken or uh, some of these players who have been around for a long time and have a whole wealth of experience. And if they can benefit from that, it, it just makes a lot of sense in the grow the game side of things. Oh, 100%. 100%. So the season is almost over. It's We're here. getting there, Sean. We're, We're getting, getting here. here. So for us, Scotty, we have one event left ourselves. Yes. The Gordy Perry bond spiel, which is in full swing right now. It started last Saturday. It ends this upcoming Sunday. It's a, an eight-day extravaganza. Big eight-day spiel. Well, nine-day, excuse me, nine-day extravaganza, oh. Saturday to Sunday. That's nine days. You're right. I, um, I never count Sunday because I don't think we're making it, but <laughs> uh, you're right. No, it'll be... Uh, I've never been in the club on the Sunday. <laughs> like, forget about playing. I've never gone to the club that day. Yeah, we were pretty broken by uh, Saturday morning there, so... Uh, yeah, we'll see how we do. I don't know. Have you been following any of the results? I have not. So this is an interesting bond spiel in that it's it's a draw, a traditional like A flight, B flight, C flight sort of thing, named after the Perrys. Uh, sort of like Gordy Perry, I believe, ice maker, uh, original ice maker, or one of the original ice makers. Maybe not. A, I don't think he was old enough to be the original uh, ice maker at the Ottawa Curling Club. And then his family has continued with his Perry spiel. So each, um, each flight is named after one of the Perrys. Yeah. Um, Gordy, Gordy Jr., yeah. Gordy Jr., Jr. Yeah, and then there's Mike, and yeah. So yeah. all the Perrys are there. But what's cool about it is that, like we said, it started last Saturday at the Ottawa Curling Club, but there is an out-of-town draw. And it's all within the same flight, though. I don't know how they work this schedule so that the one flight can have most of the teams starting Saturday or Sunday, but have a bunch at the bottom who start thursday or friday much later yeah, yeah it, it works out really really well so our parents are coming to town and we're going to play with them in the perry spiel which we did last year so one of the good things about the out of town draw is you don't have this uncertain schedule through the week because you don't know when you're going to play it depends mm -hmm. on wins and losses so i got a text today asking if i could play thursday a team that most teams have more than four people on this yes uh, a team with six people cannot put together a team for tomorrow night and that's what happens in the perry spiel it's <laughs> april there's a level of disinterest usually so it's it's tougher that way but for us we did this last year if you start on friday you start at one o'clock friday afternoon and you're almost guaranteed to play three times on friday starting at one last game last year scheduled at 10 I think we got on the ice about quarter after 11 or 11.30. Uh, so I don't know which one is necessarily better. I think it was quarter after 12, maybe, uh, by the time we got off the ice last uh, last year. So, yeah, it's uh, it'll be a fun day, full day, absolutely. Uh, there's some nice specials going on. It's just a really fun event. Uh, everybody comes out, and, you know, we get to play sometimes some of these players you see on TV. Yep. Uh, sometimes it's teams that you've never heard of uh, that are just – some members that came together at the last minute to put a team. Like us. Like us. So it's all sorts of levels, and it's all sorts of fun. Yeah, it'll be a good time. Last year we got to play Jen Hanna. Almost mm -hmm. won. I don't know if we almost won. She 
was uh, up. She was up two with Hammer in the last end, I think. Took him to the uh, to she, the last. She had one. to throw. I think she had to throw her last one. So that was a, a win for me at least. Uh, we beat Dave Mathers, so that was always that, that was fun. And yeah, but it looks like he's playing in the Champions Cup this he year. He won't be so there this year, but Jean Michel Menard is there. Uh, Britt O'Neill, if there's a chance we could play her in yeah. the second game. And uh, th- those are always usually a-, a good time to play those teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. why not? Especially if you get a team like that at the uh, late night draw and everybody's uh, maybe had a, had a beverage or two. Yeah, so our friend Dave Sally, he tells a story about playing Jean-Michel Menard, his team in this event, uh, uh, the morning draw oh. on Saturday morning. Saturday morning, though. Oh. Yeah, playing them Saturday morning and uh, the Menard team openly admitting that they had not been to sleep yet. Uh, and Dave almost won the game. <laughs> so the Menard team was still able to pull through, but it was much closer than it probably otherwise would have, would have been. been. Yeah. So it's a cool spiel for that. So uh, if anyone's going to be in town and, and is going to be there, look for us. We'll, we'll be there with our colorful shirts. Yeah, blue shirts this year, Sean? Yeah, I think we'll do the blue yeah, uh, blue, blue jay shirts we have our stay golden shirts as well yeah. we should probably decide um what we're gonna wear but uh, well as soon as we sign off this podcast sean we'll make that decision we'll figure it out so uh everyone enjoyed the last couple events of the season going into the off season the off season's shorter than it's ever been now in curling but enjoy the off season and if you have any curling left uh you know play well yeah um going into the summer we'll come back next week we'll recap these events that we just talked about, what surprised us, what didn't surprise us. Maybe we'll do some season recapping, you know, who had the best season, who had the worst season, mm-hmm. what do we expect moving forward, and then we'll launch into some broader summer stuff. Great. Sounds good. I'm really excited for it. All righty. So uh, if you have not yet, please do subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever it is you get your podcast. You can give us a rating as well, maybe some comments on Twitter, you can follow us at Game of Stones Pod. Scott is at Scott Likes TV. I am at Dr. Shawnee Fever. I did a podcast, my history podcast today. I did a couple of them. One of my guests, Scotty, was very impressed by my Twitter handle. Hey. Yeah, very much enjoyed the WKRP in Cincinnati reference. So you got to check out the History Slam podcast. Too. Yeah, check out the History Slam podcast as well. That's one of the other ones I do. I also produce the History Chats podcast. Uh, I'm not on it, though. If you ever want to subscribe to history-related things. Uh, you can also email us at Game of Stones if you would like. The email address is gameofstonespodcast at gmail.com. Calm. So, enjoy the curling this weekend. If it's nice wherever you are, if you can venture outside again, do that. I plan on doing that a little bit yeah. as well. And until we speak next week, keep your brooms on the ice and don't dump that intern. Make the final...